This week's terrific episode of Election Profit Makers is sponsored by Bloom Farms Wellness. Bloom Farms Wellness makes CBD products to help you relax and improve the quality of your life. Products include balms, tinctures, vapes. Let's talk about tinctures for a moment. They sent me something called the Dream Tincture. Put two drops under my tongue for a good night's sleep. It works. They also sent me a little vape pen for relaxation. All their stuff is grown and produced in the USA. No solvents, no additives, nice packaging, I must say. They also have, this is very nice, a give back program. For every product sold by Bloom Farms, they donate one healthy meal to a family in need. Since 2015, they have donated three million meals. Get in on the action, improve the quality of your life, do a good thing. Go to this website, bloomfarmswellness.com slash EPM for 15% off your order. That's bloomfarmswellness.com slash EPM. Welcome one and all to Election Profit Makers, an audio podcast about winning and losing money, betting on current events and political outcomes. Can you imagine? What we do is we go to this great website called predictit.org. You can go there too yourself if you want to bet along with us. And we bet on all manner of political phenomena, uh, some of which we'll be discussing this week. Anyway, it's great to have you back. My name is David, and I'm joined by my friend John. Hi, John. Uh, Hi, David. Hi, everyone out in podcast land. Starly is still on sabbatical, but we're sending her our best wishes. Yes. She says hello as well. It's a Monday morning here out in sunny L.A. as we record this podcast, and it's time to talk about all manner of topics, including, John, the Tokyo Olympics. I saw some of the Olympics on TV, and it made me so rueful. I wish I had been watching the whole time, and I would love to send a letter to the mayor of the Olympic Village and ask him to do it over again so I could watch this time. I saw some events I had never seen before. They were truly... Mind-blowing events. Did you see any Olympics, John? I, I watched uh, some diving and a little equestrian. That is uh, it. Okay. I saw synchronized swim dancing. Uh-huh. Unbelievable. They were walking upside down in the water in perfect formation. It was, it was like a North Korean military display upside down in the water. It's incredible, right? And then I saw something that was almost just as incredible— it's called, it's a gymnastic, a team gymnastics event called Synchronized. They have, they have clubs. Tumblings? No, they, they, it's like dancing, but they're throwing hoops up in the air and catching them with their feet. And then other women jump through the hoops and they throw clubs at each other. It's, I don't know, I don't know who invented this or how they even, how this even came into their mind as something to do with others. The synchronization and the athleticism, I think it's probably the most difficult Olympic event of them all. Really? Who who won? That's probably who invented it. Russia lost gold for the first time in like six Olympics. Bulgaria oh. stepped up and won. Oh, wow. There you go. That's an Olympic highlight from the sofa of Kid Midas, the original wave rider. I would love to get a gold medal in the Olympics someday. I missed a lot of the Olympics because I was out of pocket. I was in uh, Colorado or Colorado. I always like to say Nevada, but I, I I don't find myself saying Colorado. It's Colorado. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, you don't have Somebody to Somebody say consistent. Colorado? 
Yeah, they say Colorado on the news. I think the news Ooh. decides. Ooh. You know? Right. How, was um, your, how was your trip to Colorado? Well, I went to the Mile High City. I've been there uh, before, just briefly. Um, but this was my first time uh, having an extended stay in the Mile High City. It was more of a family-type trip, uh, so I didn't get to see too much of Denver. And it was really smoky while we were there because of these wildfires. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. I, li- I liked it. it uh, we, we, we finally got to go up into the mountains, and I enjoyed that. It was the first time that I—you're <laughs> looking at me like, what? I thought you were going to come in so hard on infrastructure and skylines and— Okay. I had an epiphany while I was in Denver. Oh, all right. Can go. I just talk? I'll talk about please, this. Please, please. Um, so, we, you know, we've talked about Denver being the mile high city and, you know, it's skyscrapers being higher than any uh, others in the, in the U.S. because it's at 5280 feet. Um, I had a realization while I was in Denver. Actually, it was while I was in the Rockies. It's the first time that I have been over six or 7,000 feet, I believe. Once we got into the mountains and we got over six, seven, 8,000 feet, I really started to feel it. And I decided to look into at what point you start to, to feel problems with, uh, you know, the air pressure, um, with elevation. And cabins in airlines are pressurized between six and 8,000 feet. So we've all experienced air pressure at around 7,000 feet because we've flown. And it made me realize why Denver doesn't have taller buildings. They can't. They really can't because they're already so high. So the tallest building in, in, in Denver is 714 feet. It's Republic Plaza. Uh, and which puts it at, 5,941 feet above sea level. And again, once you get over 6,000 feet, you don't necessarily have, you know, uh, altitude sickness, but you do start to have some discomfort. So I bet that's why Denver doesn't go higher. Imagine being a imagine being a CEO of a new company that's based in Denver and, and you're, you have a lot of... Um, ego and you say, I'm going to build a massive, super tall skyscraper here in Denver and I'm going to put my office on the top floor in the penthouse and all the tight captains of industry will come and have meetings with me on my penthouse and I'll take them outside and we'll look on top of my building across at the Rocky Mountains. Won't everyone think I'm so cool? Then this poor schlub builds builds this huge skyscraper and nobody comes because you take the elevator all the way up there, it's going to, you're not going to feel good because it's so high. Maybe it would but maybe it would give him an advantage if he could acclimate. Then others might be sort of loopy and woozy, and he could take advantage. The CEO of, who is so relentless and so ruthless, right? He's the scourge slash pride of the Denver business community, right? Penthouse Pete, they call him. And people, people go up to have a meeting in his penthouse. They come down. They've signed away their company for for pennies on the dollar. Don't yeah. take a meeting with Penthouse Pete up in no. his penthouse. Meet him down on the ground. Yeah, Republic Plaza, built in 1984. 
I mean, you really, in some, some may argue, well, that's still pretty tall. Um, you know, Denver shouldn't have anything really taller than that. And I decided to look into that, and I think they should. Because if you look at the 100 tallest buildings in the U.S., you would think that a city like Denver, which is the 14th largest metropolitan statistical area, would be represented. Denver doesn't have a single building in the 100 tallest buildings in no. America? No. And that bothers They're, you? You want them to enter the top 100? No, I, I I don't necessarily want them to, but you would expect, if you look at the cities that are on the list, they are the larger MSAs. You know, there's actually 17 cities on the list. Are there any MSAs on the list that are smaller than the Denver MSA? That's the question. Uh, okay. Because otherwise, They're, the point is moot. Mm, not necessarily, because some of these were large MSAs at one point. Uh, example oh, would be Pittsburgh. Oh, you wiggled out of my mind trap. So Pittsburgh is 28th. It, it has one building represented in the top 100, but but Pittsburgh was was way up there in the past. Also, Cleveland is 34th now, but they broke up the Cleveland-Akron statistical, metropolitan statistical areas. So if you had the con consolidated, Cleveland would be much higher. Charlotte is a, punching way above its weight at the 22nd largest MSA. It has two buildings in the top 100. How's that make you feel? That makes me feel pretty proud. John, there's been a bit of news in addition to the Olympics, in addition to your trip to Denver, Colorado. The governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, is finding himself in a bit of hot water. And let's just say the synchronized swimming of his team in Albany is falling apart and the judges are giving out low scores like candy on Halloween. Andrew Cuomo has been wave-ridden within an inch of his life. I did some wave riding on Andrew Cuomo this past week, John. John, do you want to explain to our listeners who don't follow New York politics or the news or any current events what's going on with Andrew Cuomo? Well, I guess this report from the attorney general finally came out uh, that said that Andrew Cuomo has been a bad boy, which I guess everyone knew, but now it's officially in writing and he's now being called by everyone to step down. Um, Sexual harassment of subordinates, inappropriate yes. comments and touching, in, uh, unorthodox hiring practices due to how people look apparently, mm -hmm. how women retaliation. look. Retaliation. Always retaliation will be a factor with Andrew Cuomo. Were you surprised? Surprised about what? Were you surprised by how extensive the report was? I, 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 I thought that, that the punches might have been pulled, that there, they wouldn't be able to get as much detail and information in there as was. I mean, it seems like a pretty bad report. Last night, Sunday night, Melissa DeRosa... His enabler, she seems like a real creep as well. She quit. Uh, yeah, it seems like the report is bad, and now one of the women is fi is filing charges against him. So how can we get to the away from the charges and, uh, and to the money aspect yes, of it? Yes, yeah, let's, uh, I'd let's like talk to about know. The money. Yeah, I'd like to know. You rode all these waves. Did you did you make money on this? There there are three different markets. Uh, Cuomo in office at the end of the year. Will Cuomo be impeached before September 1st? 
and will Cuomo resign before September 1st? So which one of those markets are you in? I was in the Cuomo markets months ago. Everyone will remember, I was loving on these Cuomo markets when everything first started coming out, not even about the harassment, I don't think, but about the nursing homes. Isn't that what got me into it? Hiding the COVID nursing home death data? And then at some point within the last couple months, let me look it up. Let me see when I bought, when I sold out of the Cuomo market. Right, so three months ago, there had been a market, will Cuomo resign before May 1st? And I lost all my money in that market. Came away with $0. I had been in, will Cuomo be in the office at the end of the year? I had bought a bunch of no shares in the 40s. I sold those off five months ago like a stone cold idiot. I feel like you sold those after another accuser came out and it, and it went really high. And you Maybe sold that's what a, I did. I think that's what you did. I think you, I mean, you would have... Uh, made even more money, I guess, if you had stayed in. When the Tish James report came out, I ran to predict it. I didn't get into any market that had to do with resignation over impeachment. I went for the vaguest market, which is, will Cuomo right. be in office at the end of the year? I love those markets because then you have a little bit of play, a little bit of flexibility. Let's say he resigns before the end of the year, I get paid. Let's say he's impeached before the end of the year, I get paid. Let's say not necessarily. Yeah, if he's not in office at the end of the year, I get paid. Well, if he dies, I get paid. If a wizard turns him into a table and we decide that a table can't be governor. Uh, But if he's impeached, that doesn't necessarily mean he's removed until. You're saying impeachment by the end of the year is also has wiggle room because impeachment by the end of the year doesn't necessarily mean out of office by the end of the year. Is that what I hear you saying? That's right. There may be a acting governor if he is impeached, but he will still technically be the governor. Uh, and predicted, put a supplementary comment in the rules on this. In response to a trader inquiry at the end date, should any individual be acting governor of New York due to an ongoing process of impeachment of Mr. Cuomo, his absence from the state or other any other temporary circumstance making Mr. Cuomo otherwise unable to discharge the powers and duties of governor of New York, this market shall resolve to yes. What? So what? he will still be governor in predicted size. Wow. Even though he won't have any of the um, power as of long the as office, he's, is he still? That's right. Oh, maybe this doesn't have as much wiggle room as I thought. I'm starting to feel corseted by this market all of a sudden. The thing is, and some people may argue that if he's impeached, he'll be out of office. He will not be. He'll, he he will not be the acting governor anymore. He may be on 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 paper still the governor, but he won't be causing any trouble. So they may be in no hurry at that point to move forward with uh, the actual trial to convict him. Well, here's what I think. Yes. What do you think? Here's what I think. I think this technic I think this these technicalities about whether an impeached Andrew Cuomo who is no longer discharging the duties of the office the question of whether that individual is still technically the governor of New York is moot because I think that Cuomo will uh, resign before being impeached. That's just my feeling. That's my two cents. No, that makes sense to me. That actually makes sense. The day that Tish James's uh, damning AG report came out 
I went ran back to predict it and bought back into these Cuomo about bought back into this Cuomo market. Will Andrew Cuomo be governor of New York at the end of the year? I think I bought 200 some shares in the 50s. 53 cents, I think, was my average price. And then I think within 48 hours, I sold back out again. It was in the 70s. I had done my profit-taking. Kid Midas had struck again. Andrew Cuomo was left shaking in his boots. Oh, my goodness gracious. I heard that Andrew Cuomo tried to float a deal where he promised he wouldn't run for a fourth term if everyone just left him alone and let him finish out his term. Come on, you jerk. You jerk. And then people call it the Brian Lehrer show and say, but with the Delta variant coming, can't we just leave him in our office to get us through the Delta variant? What the fuck is everyone's problem? Oh my God. Do you think he's paying people to call up radio stations in New York and say, but we can't lose him right now. We need the Delta. We need him to protect us from the Delta variant. We need his steady hand. It's probably Chris Cuomo. Oh my God! Yeah. What is he's the taking a vacation be now? Chris? Are you serious? He is. Yeah, he's taking a planned vacation. Oh my um, God! The Cuomo brothers. CNN. Yeah. Wasn't it a year ago when we were all so crazy about the Cuomo brothers and they would go on and Chris Cuomo would have Andrew on his show and they would joke mm-hmm. and Josh and everyone was going so crazy for the Cuomo brothers. It was so much fun. Oh, how the mighty have fallen! Oh, Cuomo sexuals, who will sate your erotic fantasies now? <laughs> All right. Anything else about Andrew Cuomo? I made money. I rode the waves. It felt good. And I think he will be gone by the end of the year, although it's one of those things, again, how I used to feel about Trump. It's like, I have a gut feeling it'll happen. I just cannot imagine it happening. I can't see how it would actually happen given Cuomo's personality, right? That he'll resign. That he would resign. If I was him, I would just disappear. I would just go walk in the woods and then dig a little hole and tunnel somewhere else. and Hit the Appalachian Trail. Like... South Carolina Governor Mark Sanford back in 2009 when he just was just fucking complete, it was insane, completely disappeared for a week, said he was hiking the Appalachian Trail, just, you know, getting back in touch with nature. And uh, he was actually in Argentina having an affair. Whoo, what a, what a good scandal. That feels so wholesome compared to, compared to Andrew Cuomo's scandal. I'm not going to get into this market until it gets a little lower. It's up four cents today. So uh, people are starting to think maybe he survives. You know what? Let me make a little side prediction here. Here's my little side prediction. If something happens, it's going to happen within, it's going to happen before the end of the month. I'm going to say this issue will be resolved by September 1st. Now that's a big prediction and that's a bold prediction. And some cynics will say, I'm just saying that to juice interest in this podcast by coming out with such a provocative prediction. But I'm going to say it again. If something happens to Andrew Cuomo, it'll happen by September 1st. Mark it down. That's a Kid Midas prediction. All right. I just marked it. John, let's move on to discuss another one of our topics. Okay. Everybody knows you went to Denver. The internet is aflame and abuzz with your recap about your trip to Denver. But I heard (laughs) that you also took a little side trip to Nebraska. I did. After three days in Denver and all the smoke and family time, I was like, I got to get out of here. And I happened to notice something when I was playing around in GeoEarth that there was a town in Nebraska, in the southwestern part of Nebraska, called Kimball. And yeah, I figured I got to go there. Amazing. 
Weren't we just talking about what you would name a town if you were to name a town after yourself? Like, was I think a listener suggested John Kimballsboro, which is an amazing town yeah. name. You went and found one in Nebraska, and it was just called Kimball? Yes, it was just called Kimball. Spelled the same uh, as your name? Spelled the same. It's the largest Kimball in the United States. Oh, but- the largest one of them all? Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a few. Um, so this let's one is just tw- say the road trip was mandatory at this point. Right. I didn't have much time. I dropped everyone off at this brunch, and I had to be back for dinner. And I had to make it to <sighs> Nebraska. Screenplay. Screenplay. Here yeah. we go. He drops, so I, he drops I, his family off at brunch. He knows he has to be back at dinner. He's trying to get to the largest town with his last name in all of America. Pedal to the metal. Here we go. What happens next, John? Okay. Well, I had to take a side trip, actually, because Kimball claims, and it, 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 it is true, that it is the high point of Nebraska. Technically, it, it loving is- loving life the, at this point. Yeah. It is the highest elevation in Nebraska. It's technically not in the town of Kimball. It's within oh. Kimball County, and it is right in the corner of Kimball County, uh, there in the corner- with Colorado and Wyoming. It is the high point, 5,429 feet. And there's a monument there that says, this is the high point in Nebraska. It was put up 100 years ago. I said, I got to go there first, and then I'll go to Kimball. So I took off at uh, after breakfast and drove as fast as I could. I had no idea what eastern Colorado was like. It's basically the desert. Here we go. I mean, there is nothing. There are no stops. There's nothing. So I got off on some county road. You can drive as fast as you want to. Were you the roads really were great. Fa- were you going really fast? Yeah. I mean, I was I, I was in a hurry. What kind of car were yeah. you driving? And, okay, so they upgraded our— uh, Oh, hell yeah. That's going in the screenplay, too, the upgrade? Yeah. Okay, it was an okay, it was a it was a BMW. What? You were driving X1. a real BMW? Yeah, a real BMW. I mean, it was like a little tiny SUV BMW with Florida plates. I I was pretty much taking my life in my hands speeding in this vehicle through Weld County, Colorado as I was going past ranches that had upside down American flags and signs that said we are a nation of laws and um, say, God bless the American flag and God bless Donald Trump. Not God bless America, right. but God bless the American <laughs> We're flag. We're post-America now. We don't need America anymore. Right. We have so the flag it, and we have Donald Trump. Right. So um, so that was exciting to be driving so fast through there. And I, I But I, I survived. I made it up to... Um, the Pawnee National Grasslands. There were a bunch of uh, wind turbines, and I got higher and higher. And I got to within a mile of this monument, which is surrounded by a bison farm. And there were signs everywhere that said, controlled shooting area. Mm-hmm. And uh, Google said, take a left here to go to the monument. And How long had you been driving new, at this point? I don't know, three hours, three, okay. three. Anticipation, three how hours. are you feeling? How are you feeling at this point? I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. You're getting closer and closer. I'm getting closer and closer. I'm on a dirt road now. I'm really, really out in the middle of nowhere. Okay. okay. Uh, and I 
run into this no trespassing sign. Oh, for and fuck's sake. a He's gate. F- so it's on private property, and it was still a mile away. It's about 95 degrees. I thought, I could park the car here at the no trespassing gate. Trespass in a bison zone that says controlled shooting area. Best screenplay ever. And Did then you do I decided, it? no, no, no. I decided, no, I'm not going to, because I didn't have a gun to defend myself. What if you had brought I, a gun? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I felt like I needed it at that point. So I, I got within a mile. I got to 5,400 feet. I was 29 feet below the highest point in Nebraska. Fuck so it's sort life. of disappointing, right? I don't want to seed negative thoughts, but I have to say that would haunt me for the rest of my life. To come so close. It's just like the Olympics. You come so close. The gold is within your reach, and then you trip on your shoelaces, you fall, and you get the silver medal. How is that not going to haunt you for the rest of your days? Right, and I'll never be in a position to be near it again. John, don't be so sure. Because what if I became really successful, and as a gift, I bought that ranch out from under that person? I tore down that no trespassing sign, I left the bison. They're fine. They're domesticated. I flung the gate wide open and I said, John, the next time you're in Nebraska, you drive down that dirt road. You continue your journey towards that marker celebrating the highest point in Nebraska. And this time it's going to go a little bit easier for you, friend, because I have bought the land and I've opened it to all comers. I want so many people to come and touch this monument and be higher in Nebraska than any other person who's standing on the ground in Nebraska. That'll be the motto of my, and I'll turn it into a state park. I'll charge $20 and it'll pay for itself. I love it, man. Come to my monument and be higher in Nebraska than anyone else in Nebraska who's standing on the ground who is your height or shorter. That's the t-shirt. I think I was the highest. Really? There may have been bison. Yeah. But at that moment in Nebraska, you think nobody was higher than you because nobody was closer to the monument than you. Right, yes. Oh, interesting. I don't know that for a fact, but I can't imagine. I did not see any car for the last 50 minutes of this trip. Um, I was, yeah, I mean, that's what I mean by the desert. I had one bottle of water, and I was thinking, you know what? I had a problem out here. You have to to load up if you're going to do a trek like that. But I didn't, I, I, I just didn't know. I didn't know that it was it was uh, so so desolate. I ever told you um, about my fantasy about Slab City? Have I ever talked to you about Slab City? No, no. I really, really want to go visit Slab City and spend time in Slab City, down what by is the that? down by the Salton Sea in California. Slab City is old uh, military land that is now um, I think it's technically still owned by the government, but it's basically been turned into a no man's land slash anarchist slash tweaker community. There is no infrastructure. There's no water. There's no electricity. There's nothing but people from all over the country show up and just live in their RVs or make little structures. It's kind of like Burning Man if Burning Man wasn't optimistic and was year-round. Huh. And uh, I've always just been fascinated by it. And then I heard they got hit really bad by COVID and I wanted to go visit once COVID was over. And I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll go this fall. But now it looks like with the Delta variant, I don't know, because there's nothing there. There's no health services. There's nothing. That desolation is is very appealing at times, you know? It, it's exciting. Right? It yeah. really was. The the At this point, I 
got on my phone and I lost cell service. Oh, and you couldn't play GeoGuessr I, at the highest location in no, Nebraska. N- no, I couldn't. I I could have uh, reversed course and gone back, but I needed to go to Kimball. Now Kimball was always sort of optional. I wanted to make it to the highest point, but because I had failed, I now had. Now you to had go. to get to Kimball. So how far away was Kimball from the highest point? I mean, it was like another fifty miles, but I no 50 longer miles? had. Yeah, I no longer had, you know, these Southwest, huge counties. So, um, and I no longer had uh, a map access. So I, and I was on dirt roads. Oh, because you only had a map on your phone. You didn't have like a paper map. Right. And again, oh, just Lord not just not thinking. So I, I figured I'll just head north. I'll hit uh, Interstate 80 at some point and I'll be safe. And immediately the road just dead ended. And I had to either go left or right. And uh, at this point, I pulled my phone out and started taking a video saying, this is the situation in the event that I didn't make it out, you know. This was for the investigators who found your corpse would watch this video and they would know what your final moments were like. Okay, got it. So I decided to go left and uh, immediately went over a hill and almost hit an antelope. (laughs) Really? That was, yeah, yeah. What's an antelope? I have a picture of it. It's like a like almost like a little tiny deer. Oh, uh, real does it have cute. little horns? Yeah, I think it oh. does have little right. horns. So, um, and then all of a sudden I was in Wyoming and then a paved road was there going north and I knew that I was going to be okay. So I got on that road and it and got up to I-80. I couldn't get on I-80. I went under it and then got to US-30 and got on it and just started booking it east to Kimball. Did you make it you to Kimball? I did. I made it to Kimball. And what it was, was awesome. it like? I mean, you know, they did had Did everyone a, look just a, like you? No, oh. no. I mean, you know, it was uh, just sort of a hard scrabble Nebraska town. I mean, in doing research of Kimball before, I, I decided to look up Kimball, <laughs> Kimball, Nebraska on Twitter, and I just started laughing because all it was was photos of tornadoes uh, snow drifts, icicles, you know, abs- you know, horizontal to the ground from the wind. It, it just seemed like a really tough It's a uh, showcase place. for nature's majesty. Right. It's the type of place that I might like to hang out for, you know, a summer or so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I only had about 20 minutes because I needed to get back. Oh. So I stopped at I stopped at the city of Kimball. I spoke to them briefly. I said, do you have T-shirts, anything like that? They're like, no, nobody. What, they had a visitor's bureau? T-shirts. Or you mean like a town hall? No, no this, this was actually the city. So, uh, but, then, but they said there is a visitor's bureau out on I-80. So I went out there and uh, they sold T-shirts. So I, I grabbed a couple T-shirts and a keychain. What do the T-shirts and, say? Uh, it says, uh, Kimball, Nebraska, high point of Nebraska. Buddy. Yeah, yeah. Were you loving life? I was loving it. And then I just floored it. And then you drove all the way back and got back home to Denver for dinner. Yeah. I mean, I walked in and everyone was already there. And I was just like, oh, God. Now I got to do some more socializing. And I've been driving for seven hours. You're just like Jack Reacher, man. You're just, you're, you know, there's a whole Jack Reacher novel called Past Tense. It's probably my second favorite Jack Reacher novel. Where he decides, you know, Jack Reacher is itinerant. He just takes buses all around the country and winds up walking Mm -hmm. eight hours east in a desert because he heard that, like, there's a cool 
building there or something. He's kind of like you. He's a little bit of a dork. Mm-hmm. Well, there's one Jack Reacher novel called Past Tense where he decides to go visit the town that his dad grew up in. He's never visited the town where his dad grew up in, and the bus drops him off like 300 miles away. And Jack Reacher's like, oh, this is right near the town where my dad grew up in. I'll just walk there. or you know, Because this guy's a maniac. Right. Like, he has nothing to do, right? right? He, Right. And, he, and, he, and, he, and he goes and he learns all about his dad and his dad got in a fight and his dad was in a bird watching club. And then, I don't really want to spoil it because the twist is pretty gruesome, but there's this young couple that's decided to drive a long distance to sell a bunch of valuable comic books and they stay at this hotel. And all I'm going to say is things at that hotel, if you think things at that hotel are just as they seem, then you're fucking stupid. Because They're the things not at that hotel seem. are not exactly what they seem. And when you realize what's happening at that hotel, you're going to be like, mm, this is pretty crazy. Anyway, Jack Reacher, you're kind of like, your story about driving and driving and driving and wanting to go to this place and then you couldn't get there and then you just decide to drive left, see what happens. That's very Jack Reacher-like. That's exciting for me as a Jack Reacher fan. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed that. That was uh, the... I had never, I've been out west driving before, but I've never been out west driving alone before. Uh, so it was, it was thrilling. John, why don't you read this listener question from Kenny? This is a pretty advanced listener question. We got a number of listener questions on this same topic. Uh, I think Kenny's is the most comprehensive. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Hello, Wave Riders. Your discussion of finding the closest two counties with the same name intrigued me, so I wrote a program to answer the question. That's a computer program, people. That's a computer yes. program. It would be very computationally intensive to naively determine the shortest actual distance between any two given counties because that distance could start and end at any point on each county's border. Instead, I'm simply measuring the distance between counties' geographic centers. This means that counties that border each other won't have a distance of zero, but a distance of some relatively small number, since it's not possible for the centers of two counties to have zero distance between them. As far as I can tell, this has very little effect on the ordering of the data, although I bet it does have some effect. That's my comment. Uh, Since all counties have relatively uniform shape, i.e. squarish, rectangular, Uh, This would be a different story with congressional districts. Yes, yes, it would. Okay, so my results, as far as I can tell, he writes, there are seven county pairs with the same name that actually border each other. They are Bristol, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island, Sabine, Louisiana, and Texas, although he writes Louisiana technically has parishes, not counties, but they operate as uh, counties. Pike, Missouri, and Illinois, Union, Arkansas, and Louisiana, Kent, Delaware, and Maryland, Teton, Wyoming, and Idaho, and Escambia, Florida, and Alabama. Uh, The closest same-named counties that don't share a border are Perry counties, Illinois, and Missouri. They're separated by only one county. The farthest pair is Petersburg County, Virginia, and Petersburg County, Alaska. Whoa. To get very liberal arts for a second, I'm a senior at Hamilton, which is much like David's beloved Wait, Oberlin. This guy's, in coll- this guy's in college? And he wrote a yes. computer program? Yeah. Oh. He's advanced. Woo! I wonder if he's studying it's computers. Today. 
I'm a senior at Hamilton, which is very much like David's beloved Oberlin, except Hamilton is the alma mater of the office's Paul Lieberstein, which as far as I can tell, Oberlin is not. Scrolling That's fine. Oberlin had Ed list. Helms. Ed Helms was in the office, and he went to Oberlin. Yeah. So watch your That's mouth, correct. Kenny. Scrolling through this list gives a very cool effect of names becoming less regional and more national. While this may be obvious, it still is an interesting aspect of these data that I wasn't really expecting. Toward the top of the list, lots of names were clearly names of local families or culture, i.e. Lee, Virginia, and Kentucky, or Cherokee, Georgia, North Carolina. While toward the bottom of the list, almost every county is named something like Washington, Lincoln, or Columbia. I think that is interesting. Uh, and he's attached a spreadsheet with all of his results and the Python script and input data. He humbly lays this right. offering at the feet of Long John Silver, Starley Quinn, okay, and Kid Midas, okay. the original we don't need waiver. To read his okay, genu- all right. His just genuflections. And then he says, Thank ACAP, you, Ke- American right. cucumbers are bountiful. Thank okay. you, Kenny, college student, yes. for writing this amazing computer program for Long John Silver's research. Counties that share the same name and the distance between them. Then John, we got a. Then we and then if you thought a college kid was a young listener, then we got a, a message from a high school student. Right. Why don't you read this one? Oh my God! This is from Elijah. This is yep. what Elijah writes. Try to wrap your heads around this, listeners. I am a high school student. Whew! Take a breath. And one day this year, I was telling my AP U.S. history teacher about a trip I was taking to Portland, Maine. At some point, I said. I bet Portland, Oregon and Portland, Maine are the two cities in the U.S. with the same name that are the furthest apart from each other. Oregon. He said he thought that this wasn't true and that there was probably a further away pair of same name cities. So we bet $5 on it. A quick session on Google Maps revealed that my teacher was correct. We found that Perryville, Kentucky is 3,535 miles from Perryville, Alaska while Portland, Maine is only 3,188 miles from Portland, Oregon. In hindsight, I would have had a better chance in this bet if I had said that Portland, Oregon and Portland, Maine were the furthest apart identically named cities in the lower 48. Yeah, he would have. That's true, Elijah. That's very true. Elijah's letter concludes, We then agreed that Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas City, Kansas were probably the two closest cities with the same name in the U.S. All's well, Elijah, that ends well. And I hope you did good on your AP history, your AP American history exam. Uh, I'm going to disagree. I actually think I, I got a five on that one, if I'm, not, if I'm not misremembering. I think I rocked that AP exam and got a perfect score of five, but I could be misremembering. A five? That's that's the highest? Yeah, man. AP's weird. Yeah. The best you can get is a five. Yeah. At least it was back in the 1800s when I was in high school. Yeah. Because I'm so old. Uh, can I jump in here and just say that I don't believe that Kansas City, Missouri and Kansas City, Kansas are the two closest cities with the same You're about name. to dunk on an AP history teacher? Well, I'm just, if we're going to use Kenny's... Uh, Kenny's uh, equation of measuring from the center of the county or the center of Mm -hmm. the city. Mm -hmm. The center of Kansas City, Missouri, is not right on the border, and the center of Kansas City, Kansas, is not either. Although you generally don't measure the center by the actual center of the city limits. It's just right downtown, which is generally around the center. But 
My point being, I know for a fact that Bristol, Virginia and Bristol, Tennessee share a main street that runs east-west right oh. along the border. And the northern side of the border is all Bristol, Virginia. The southern side of the street is all Bristol, Tennessee. So they are the closest. They are zero feet away from one another. Elijah, let that be a lesson. When you assume, and you should share this lesson with your AP history teacher, when you assume you make an ass of you and of me, and if you are to be a student of history, you must never make assumptions because that's how we get things like critical race theory, which teaches our beautiful white kindergarten children that they're the devil <laughs> and that they should be the slaves next time. <laughs> Just kidding, Elijah. Thanks for writing in. We appreciate it. Yes. Still have no idea what critical race theory is. I love how mad it makes the, the, the conservatives. Oh, when they start talking about it, I get so excited. They make it sound like a, some new Dungeons and Dragons module. And they're teaching it to our kids. Again, it's like the Dungeons and Dragons panic, right? Some kids played this game and thought they were warlocks and went off in the woods and they never returned. That's how they talk about critical race theory now. It's the way they talked about Dungeons and Dragons back in the 80s. Oh. Did they? I don't remember Forbidden that. Forbidden knowledge, man. It, it's the it ultimate rush. It was like rush. Ouija boards. I thought that was a thing. I like remember Ouija. Dungeons and Dragons panics. The kids would play so much mm. Dungeons and Dragons. They would start to think they were really wizards. And then they, you know, it's like the LSD thing. And then he went up on the roof and he jumped off the roof of the school because he thought he could fly, you know, because he thought he was a real wizard because he played too much Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Uh, the other thing we were doing that's kind of like critical race theory is we were playing our records backwards to hear the satanic messages. Yeah. The best. It'd be like, you want to hear my new uh, Judas Priest or my new Dio? It was Dio because if you held the Dio logo upside down, it kind of almost said devil. So we're like, let's listen to this new Dio record forwards. And we listen to it forwards and be like, yeah, it's a pretty good record. And then now let's listen to it backwards. Kill your parents for Satan, the Dark Lords. Oh, we were having fun in the 80s. It's all love, though, I have to say. So glad all those people are now running the, running the country. All these yahoos scared about Dungeons and Dragons. Anyway, John, basically the thing I take away from my 50-odd years of being a close observer and student of current events, the more things change, the more they stay the same. That's uh, a Kid Midas right. wisdom nugget available for licensing. Contact me for retweet opportunities. I don't want to read any more of these letters, I don't think. There was one writing it about Tweetsie Railroad that said that uh, it's no longer politically incorrect. They don't have the cowboys and Indians fighting one another. Uh, he had recently been. And there were no Native Americans present. Oh, um, they were just right, that's a bunch one, of— that's, uh, that's one way to well, handle the situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just a bunch of white bandits fighting uh, law enforcement. Oh, critical race theory has come to Tweetsie Railroad. John, this country is slipping through our fingers. Slipping through our fingers. Thank goodness Madison Cawthorn was able to show up at a school board meeting in Buncombe County, North Carolina and rail against masking for children. Was that a good segue? I feel like that was pretty smooth. That was. So please tell me about this because I missed all of this. Oh, Madison Cawthorn. I'm going to read you what he said. So Buncombe County, why don't you explain what Buncombe County is, John? Buncombe County is the, the county that uh, Asheville, North Carolina is in, uh, which is a... a Asheville is a very blue city, uh, and Buncombe is is very blue now. But uh, traditionally, it hasn't been. 
So I'm going to read to you, John, our account of the event as told by foxnews.com, which is one of my main news sources. You can get to it by going to brainwashing.com. Oh, that's right. John did a little URL fun. He registered brainwashing.com and had it redirect to what, John? Fox News. Another blow against the evil empire. North Carolina Congressman Madison Cawthorn joined a group of parents Thursday, this is Thursday of last week, as they pushed back against the Buncombe County School Board's new mask mandate for children and what he called, quote, swampy backdoor tactics. Cawthorn, who was born in the county, spoke like any other citizen during the comment portion, and he began by telling the board members that they would, quote, fit in in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Although that's humorous, it's absolutely correct, he said which is something I say after every comment I've ever made, because you have muzzled their voices just like you have muzzled our children. Cawthorn accused the board of passing its new mask mandate without input from district parents who oppose such a rule. You knew it would never withstand the scrutiny of the public, he said. I've witnessed swampy backdoor tactics from bureaucrats in Washington, D.C., but what you have done here today puts all that to shame. He said the mask mandate amounts to the board's sacrifice of the emotional, social, and psychological development of district students, all on the altar of wokeness. Number one altar for human sacrifices, as far as I'm concerned. The school board has no right to rip personal responsibility away from the hands of its citizens, he said. The family should always come before the government. You do not know better than the parents in my district, and you do not have a right to slam down mandates upon children of Buncombe County that fly in the face of scientific reasoning. He added, now this is interesting, he added that the greatest threat to school children today doesn't come from the coronavirus. It comes instead from woke government officials like you who think they are all-knowing and all-wise, he told the board, prompting applause from the audience. Mm -hmm. All right? I hate that part, the, uh, the yeah, prompting applause, because Buncombe County is, yeah, a very blue area. It, it voted for Biden 60% uh, to Trump's 39%. So uh, he may be speaking to his district, but in terms of like the parents of Buncombe County. But the parents of Buncombe County would be fighting each other like shoppers on Black Friday to sacrifice their children at the altar of wokeness, right? Exactly. Rip my baby's still beating heart out. Mm -hmm. with a sharpened copy of the autobiography of Malcolm X <laughs> and then eat my baby's heart still beating like some ancient Incan sacrifice, right? Maybe it yeah. was the Aztecs. I just remember as a kid that there was some sacrifice, some ritual where they would eat the still beating heart of the victim. It had a very strong, made a very strong impression on me as a child, along with the fact, John, did you know this, that in the mummification process in ancient Egypt, they would remove the deceased's brain through their nose, through uh, their nostril. Yeah. I knew that. That's the kind of fact. You learn that fact at the right age, that's going to be the last thing you remember until the day you die. Right. How crazy. It's just like that Olympic event with the rings and the mallets and everyone dancing around. Who thought of that? The ingenuity of the human mind is sh absolutely shattering. We I love mean, it. it makes sense. They, I mean, wh where else would you remove it from? Uh, through the top of the head. You want the head to remain... Uh, whole. Listen, let's just give a shout out to the ancient Egyptians and let's give a shout out to all these mummies and we'd love to see it. And also let's give a shout out to Madison Cawthorn of North Carolina's 11th Congressional District. This guy knows how to trigger the libs. He knows how to fight the woke mob showing up, showing up at Buncombe County school board meetings. 
I think I have a, a few, I mean, a school boards, I guess, are always a site of political um, controversy, as the Olympic uh, British commentators say. But I think airlines are a new are, are, airlines are a new battle space in the war for ideas and, and identity when it comes to masking and politics, obviously. And I wonder airlines. if school boards, yeah, airplanes. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if um, school boards, it's going to be worse than ever because of critical race theory and mask mandates. You couldn't pay me a million dollars to go to a school board meeting these days because I'm sure it's just a bunch of maniacs yelling. That's my hot take on school boards. Are masks really controversial on airplanes? I mean, I know they are like in stores and schools and stuff like that, but I thought we'd all agreed that on airplanes you need to wear them. No, there have been there have been reports of 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 passengers causing um, melees, not melees. I would say uproars. Yeah. Uh, because of math. I think it has to do with alcohol abuse on airplanes. Because, no, you know, it's, just, it's not alcohol abuse. Again, with my opinion, altitude about you think it's air altitude pressurization. Madness? Some people are susceptible and might just lose their minds on airplanes. Right, I kind of okay. think there might be some truth to that. I mean, they do say that's why you cry more at airplane movies that you watch on the airplane. I didn't know that, but I believe mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I just John, watched I would uh, like Outer to, Banks I would like to, on my I would flight. like to stop recording this episode now. Okay. But you wanted to say that uh, you watched Outer Banks? No. How was it? I thought about watching it. Yeah, you should watch it. It's trashy, but it's great. I love trashy fun, man. I just watched Bloodline. That's set in the Florida Keys. Yeah, Ooh. it's the same type of oh, vibe. Oh, Kyle Chandler. My yeah, body you're looking is for ready. that vibe, yeah. Yep. This is what I want to say. Speaking of movies and entertainment, John and I recorded a special EPM Movie Club episode available exclusively to Patreon members, patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. We watched two movies about kids who start bands. One of the movies is called Linda, Linda, Linda. It's about some Japanese girls who start a punk band. And the other movie is called We Are the Best, which is about some Swedish girls who start a punk band. If you want to hear that episode and other exclusive episodes, direct your browser to patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. If you want to send us a question, we have been getting a lot of questions. We can't get to them all, but rest assured they are all read and processed by our minds. You can send a question, comment, or concern to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. That's our exclusive email address. I would also like to mention that Election Profit Makers is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. We also get a lot of help from Houston Snyder and Kat Iosa, so thank you. And um, I think that's it. Is that all I have to say? I am looking up Slab City. You want to come visit Slab City with me? Oh, what if we would. do a live episode from Slab City? Well, that's it. Another great episode of Election Profit Makers in the can. You've listened to it. You've loved it. You've processed it. You've adored it questioned it. Maybe you hated it. I don't know. Let's stop recording. Goodbye, everybody. Have a good week. Stay safe. Bye.